Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rumor Flies. I am Josh. I'm Ryan. And last I checked, I am still Greg. Still Greg. Still Greg. After all this time. That's going to be the name of his first uh, bluegrass album. Is still Greg, right? <laughs> still Greg. Thank you guys for joining us with another episode. Um, we greatly appreciate your patience because we haven't been quite around lately because things have been a little crazy. But, um, you know, we're, we're back on finishing the season and we got a whole lot of cool things uh, in store up ahead. And we appreciate everybody uh, checking in on us and making sure everything was all right. But um, we just wanted to get that out the way before jumping into another episode. So we are back here with an episode. Thank you all for your patience and sorry for the delay and everything. So thank you. We are back here with an episode on the Mandela effect. Um, Now, I'm sure this is something that most people have encountered in some way, shape or form. Um, We we were kind of talking about before recording this episode, like what exactly the Mandela effect is. But um, it's been... We were false memories wasn't exactly the way we landed, but I don't know. It's it's certain things that you remember um, being a certain way, and the majority of people believe it to be a certain way, and we'll cover more of them in uh, particular detail soon. But it ended up that um, everybody's either misremembering or. There's some reason people th- thought things were a certain way, but they weren't, whether it's um, the way somebody looks or the way something's spelled or the appearance or uh, an article of clothing or anything like that. But um, yeah, so uh, before we get into this episode, is there anything that anybody wants to talk about? Nah, we can talk about it at the end. Ah, but unless Greg, do you have anything that needs to be said right, right now? And don't bring up your stupid fucking dubstep project. <laughs> I was not going to bring up it, but now that you mentioned it, no, um, I have, I've got nothing at the top here. We can dive right in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's start on a primer on the Mandela effect in general. Uh, like the origins of how this phenomenon first started to come into uh, public uh, view. Number one, I didn't realize that as we're recording this, there is currently a Mandela effect phenomenon going on on TikTok, but thanks to my wonderful fiance, we are once again just right behind the, the line of like relevance. So, you know, it's whatever. Um, but this term was coined by a paranormal investigator in 2009 by the name of Fiona Broom, who, when she was researching something about Nelson Mandela, she swore up and down that she thought he died in prison in the 1980s. And if anybody's unaware of Nelson Mandela, he is a uh, anti-apartheid leader in South Africa and later president of South Africa. Um, apartheid was an extremely segregationist and racist government system that was in South Africa from, I think, the 60s to the 90s, if I'm correct. Don't at me on that one. My history is bad, especially South African history. However, um, it was uh, pretty terrible. But Nelson Mandela was one of those um, leaders in the equality movement. And he, uh, guess what? He actually didn't die in prison. He actually became president of South Africa in 1994 after getting released from prison and later died on December 5th of 2013. However, she said that when she was talking to other people, like other researchers, other paranormal investigators, um, that's a little bit of an issue to come up in the first place there, but we can talk about that later. Um, They were saying that they swore up and down. Yeah, they thought that Nelson Mandela had died in the 80s. They even saw news reports of people 
uh, in the streets, like carrying his coffin and everything and his widow giving a big speech and there being um, giant marches in his honor after he died. They swore they saw it. But then after he actually, you know, they found out, oh, he's not actually dead. So then they started talking about other things and it became pretty clear that there are other like memories that people had that turns out to be completely untrue. Um, a great example of this is, uh, let's say, um, I don't think this is one of our topics, but the famous line from Star Wars, Luke, I am your father. It's not that. It is, no, what? no, I am your father. Yep. So I was going to bring it up. I guess you guys can jump in at any point you want to, but there are a couple different explanations for this, but we're going to go with the most reasonable one from Fiona Broom. <laughs> we are living or we did live in two different parallel universes that smashed together. <laughs> and <laughs> some of us have latent <laughs> memories from the previous universe that we are living in. That is the most reasonable Occam's razor explanation for this happening. Um, and also, if you want to go a little bit People more just detailed, like really, really do not want to admit they're wrong. Yeah. It's like incredible how just people can't just be like, Oh, Guess I misremembered. So um, another thing that they could say, if you want to stack it on top of more recently, they believe that also it can be called the CERN Mandela effect because all this shit started happening once CERN turned on the Large Hadron Collider. Uh, I, somebody watched Steins Gate and all of a sudden, like, it's just, oh my God. I mean, look, I get that people have their convictions, but when it comes to memory... I can't remember what I did like a week ago or what I had to eat like within the last like 72 hours, you know, or anything like that. So if I can't quite remember something from 20 years ago, my initial reaction isn't, yeah, everybody else is wrong about that. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's, it, it is a whole Some thing. Some principal scanner stuff over here. People don't <laughs> like being wrong in public. Uh, but yeah, I guess we can get into the meta of this. Uh, some of the more boring and probably wrong explanations, uh, other than parallel universes colliding, is uh, just simple matters of psychology um, involving what a lot of people like to call false memories or memory degradation. And I really want to, um, I think as like a personal thing for me, split up some of these Mandela effect examples that we're going to be jumping into, into different categories. Um, the first one is going to be, I think, the most boring, the easiest one to just skate over. Our brains are not very reliable when it comes to recording information extremely accurately. And they're even worse at archiving it. We have problems with remembering things correctly. Even if I was to ask you to think of the worst injury you've had in your life, or the best meal you've ever had in your life. You can probably describe to me in detail all the feelings from that injury or all the flavor notes from that dish that you ate. But the second I ask you what shirt you were wearing, you probably won't be able to give me that answer. It's because our brains like to remember the most important information from experiences in neural pathways. And sometimes just the neuron connections for all the other stuff just goes away. Um, Greg, I could probably ask you and Josh as well. I could probably ask you a couple of things about your wedding day, um, that you probably knew very well when the day after, but it's already gone out of your head at this point. Um, like you, yeah, I don't remember Jack. Can you remember the lineup <laughs> of the front aisle of exactly the order of the people? No, because it's not that important. 
So, I mean, you might be able to, but I mean, there are people with a quote unquote photographic memory that do exist, but our brain gets rid of memories for a couple of different reasons. A, it's not important and it thinks that we'll never use it again, which is usually right. B, there are some traumatic memories that you don't want to remember would actually be detrimental if you had it in the front of your brain at all times. And oh, it's okay. My brain remembers all those and saves it for when I'm showering yeah. and I'm alone at night. I mean, that's just or when I'm trying to sleep. Up. Or when, when I'm trying to sleep. sleep. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like our brains have ways of sorting information that may or may not be important. And I think that is a big thing is like memory degradation. And also, um, that's kind of the first category is just that it, it factors into the most recent reference to that memory that you have in your modern life. Um, what I'd like to get into for that is media getting some of these memories wrong and it snowballs this Mandela effect. Um, I will save... Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll mention one right now. You must be the Monopoly guy from Ace Ventura. The reason Ryan, why so many damn... I'm going to slap you. Why? Because this is a huge part of my topic. <laughs> okay, then I'll save it. I'll save it because you can explain that. I'll, yeah. I'll leave that cliffhanger going. Uh, I'll leave it right there. <laughs> I can't if believe you went there. Line, I'm going to lose it. my mind. It's the best thing I can think of. We'll get into that. Second thing that I would like to say is our brains in interpreting the world around us don't necessarily take everything in accurately. It makes a lot of assumptions. Um, there is a Cambridge uh, University article about like that jumbled sentence where most people can read this as long as the first and last letter are in the right, uh, in the yeah, right yeah, order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I know you're talking about that has been put under scrutiny, uh, even by Cambridge. It's not quite that simple. Like there are a couple of exceptions, like the letter Q. Like if you see a Q not following you, you're not going to be able to read that word well um, in most situations. But for the most part, the brain does a lot of autopilot stuff when it comes to interpreting and reading things. Uh, well, to be fair, anytime I see the letter Q in general, I just kind of get a bad feeling. Yeah, I know. I know it's a bad, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, <laughs> But at the same rate, I think it's a whole thing of we have an issue when when we read things, we kind of get the information, but we don't have to get it to the T unless we are doing some very critical analytical reading. Um, this is going to come up in my first topic. Uh, and I think it happens for a lot of uh, Mandela effect things. Like, for instance, a lot of brand logos or the way even brands are spelled. For instance, a lot of people think that Fruit Loops is uh, spelled F-R-U-I-T. No, it's F-R-O-O-T. Uh, another one is um, the idea of Febreze. Well, well wait. My so brain... the Fruit Loops thing, I, I kind of have a reason for that because I've seen them like with Fruit Loops the the OO replaced with the actual fruit loops from the cereal so i think that's where that I, like that's how i always assumed that it was yeah, uit same. so um, it was like it was it was bad marketing <laughs> on yeah, their end but like it's um it's a lot of things like it's how your brain usually would read uh, the non exception to the uh, rule which is fruit loops um same thing for febreze uh, Febreze, you have the term breeze in your mind. It does not have the word breeze in Febreze. It's F-E-B-R-E-Z-E. -E. So, Febreze. So, um, that's... Oh, shit. Yeah, it's stuff like that where you don't even think oh, about wow. it because your brain doesn't need to process that that analytically and it has every other reason to th consider it to have those two E's in between the R and the Z. So, yeah. it, that's another category. And the third one is harder where it's a historical fact that everybody gets wrong and I... There are some that are still baffling my mind, and I cannot find the actual origin of why everybody thinks about this. And that's what got me so interested in this episode. You guys have anything else before we jump into one of the topics? 
there is one thing that I, I wanted to mention, and it, it goes along with what you're saying about how our brains work. There's a reason, and, and like whenever somebody brings up the Mandela effect, this is kind of where my mind goes to. There's a reason why witness testimony is not reliable in the court of law. <laughs> yeah, because we're not very good at remembering things. Um, you know, we can pick out a face if we see it at a certain spot, but when we start getting into the nitty gritty details, I mean, unless it's something super traumatic or something that, for whatever reason, we're we we're able to record in high definition in our brain, you know, as as you say, with a maybe a photographic memory or for whatever reason, there's there's not really um uh. There's no reason why, like, people are constantly going into court and using that evidence to convict somebody for a crime or anything like that. It just, our brains are so unreliable. Yeah. Uh, Greg, you Greg? got anything? Nope. Okay. So, <laughs> first topic. All right. So, first topic is going to be what I wish the effect was actually named after. I like to call it the Berenstein effect. Because, oh my God, I, this one it went down a long, like, winding roads of misinformation, and I hate Reddit. Um, so, <laughs> there is a show and a series of children's books called The Berenstain Bears. And everyone swears that they have seen it spelled Berenstain. E-I-N, when in reality, it has always been Berenstain. And, uh, so what's the different uh, spelling? B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N or okay. B-E-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. I remember the E-I-N. Greg? You know, I, I honestly didn't... I, I read it a little bit when I was a little kid, but I just didn't have a strong opinion one way or another. So that's one of those ones where if you had to ask me... I probably would have said E-I-N, but I in no way would die on that hill. <laughs> so I didn't say, yeah, the entire time this has actually been A-I-N. And everybody says this is a great idea of like the whole parallel universe is combining. And for some reason, the one bit of information that didn't get wiped was a difference between an A and an E in the name of a children's book. Um, a and an E and Jesus, that was kind of a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> So I kind of went down a wild goose chase because for a while I was like, man, ah, this is interesting because I could swear that I had always seen it as EIN as well. First issue with okay. this is that, go ahead. No, I said, okay, I'm, I'm glad I'm not alone. The first issue with this is that most of the time in any of the Berenstain Bears like titles, the Berenstain Bears words, like the name is written in cursive. We have enough problems with cursive as it is, or script, whatever you want to call it. So it can be easy to pass over this with your eyes and just like accidentally mistake an A or an E, depending on how well you are, how good you are at reading, you know, cursive. Um, it's becoming a lost art, blah, 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 blah. People, that's one of those like non-consequential things that people complain about, but it is what it is. Um, and then I, I feel like I have some people that are going to yell at me for that because they really like handwriting and fonts. <laughs> Whatever. I'm sorry. I, did, I didn't mean to offend. But anyway. Um, I did. It's actually named after Stan and Jan Berenstain, whose kids have even gone on record saying that everybody thinks it's Berenstain. The reason for this, I would say, that, and a lot of people would agree with this, is the fact that the stain part is an exception to the rule. There are a whole lot of Germanic and European names that end in 
S-T-E-I-N-E, Steen, Stein, or uh, even I-E-N at some point. And you don't really come across Stein that much. Stein is, or Steen is very common in a lot of names. And when you look at that, it's very easy to make that assumption that it's Steen. I think it, that's one of the things of our brains being an autopilot and not really paying attention to the absolute spelling of it. Um, we just saw Baron and then S-T blank, blank I-N, and then yeah. that's it. I yeah. really that's where a lot of people think this is coming from. And Berenstain is not something that people usually come across. The fact you have to correct somebody and people are so aversive to it means they haven't seen a name like that before, or at least very often. So I that's the biggest idea of where it comes from. However, the twist to this is that a couple of years ago on Reddit, somebody posted a picture of a VHS of the Berenstain Bears Learn About Strangers. Very odd title. Um, where on the outer case it is spelled S-T-A-I-N, and then on the inner part, S-T-E-I-N. So And, and so wait, wait. So this was this was real. Like this was an actual like thing that existed. It wasn't photoshopped or doctor or anything like that. So I'm gonna send you the photo. Okay. So um in in the photo that I provided you, you can see that on one part of the VHS tape, oh. it says Steen and Stain. And yeah. Reddit was like, oh, yeah, I ran through some basic image editing tools and such. And this is crazy. Uh, I, this, this gives us some proof that we're not crazy. We did well, it, Reddit. The problem is that no, number one. No. Oh, God. Yeah, this is no. this is a not as bad. We did it, Reddit situation, but it is a we did it, Reddit situation. <laughs> So the thing is, is that I doubt that most people's exposure to the Berenstain Bears was that VHS copy. There is no way that can explain for everybody thinking it is Berenstain. Mm -hmm. That is not that there, there is no fucking way that's the issue. Um, secondly, uh, our people at Metabunk and Mick West himself, who runs Metabunk, uh, also, once again, uh, Escaping the Rabbit Hole, awesome book, have completely debunked this and found out that that was a Photoshop photo. So hey. we did it, Reddit. We did it, Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> I oh called God. it. The deal is I fell for that VHS thing for such a long time. I thought that was my vindication for a good bit. But then I thought about it more and I was like, I never saw that fucking movie. Uh, I, so like, that's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> and there was another triple feature thing. But like that still doesn't account for the fact that it's more likely people just don't read things as detailed oriented as they think they do. So that's the Berenstain Bears. Um, Berenstain. Berenstein, whatever you want to say, crematory, crematory. Uh, let's move on <laughs> nice. to the next topic, Josh. So, uh, Ryan, yes, you are correct. The next topic we'll be covering, which Ryan gave a little whistle weta to before, is the Monopoly guy, specifically the Monopoly guy monocle. And I don't believe that I have to explain who the Monopoly guy is, but for those of you that don't know, I'll do it very briefly. So, crap, he has a name. It's um, I think it's wait, Rich wait, Uncle wait. Penny. We're getting there. What do you think it is? Uh, Rich Uncle Pennybags? Something like that. Um, that is correct. That is one name, also known as Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> so is that because of the whole difference between the UK and the US version or like the not UK version of Monopoly? I think they're just simultaneous. I didn't get too into too much detail on his name, but it's Rich Uncle Pennybags. Um, but they, but he can, he's also referred to as Mr. Monopoly or rich uncle Pennybags. Either one is correct. It's like Josh, <laughs> he's Joshua. a piece of shit. I hate him. 
<laughs> so there are some conflicting reports on how the game was actually developed. It's actually really fascinating. Um, the brief story is that uh, it was a board game invented by the evil Dark Lord himself to waste people's time and cause much strain and anger. Uh, and another story is sure. that it was invented by a psychologist to test people's love and affection for one another in a very intense way. Nobody <laughs> enjoys Monopoly. I don't care what anyone says. That's a lie. Uh, Call me a sociopath, but I fucking love Monopoly. Again, nobody enjoys Monopoly. Ryan, <laughs> I don't care what you say. No, there's actually a lot of history behind um, the origin of Monopoly. But uh, I, if I would have gone down that road in a serious manner, it would be another 20 minutes. So There's a, there's a good documentary called Under the Boardwalk that covers it all. I highly suggest yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. Um, but regardless, uh, it's capitalism in a box. We'll go with that. I think we can all agree with it. <laughs> so the star of the show is a man named Rich Uncle Pennybags or also as Mr. Monopoly. Now, the Mandela effect here is whether or not Mr. Pennybags, a.k.a. Rich Uncle Pennybags or Mr. Monopoly, whatever, has a monocle or does not. Now, Ryan, Greg, monocle, no monocle. Lay it on me. Monocle. Monocle. Okay. I mean, I feel like I'm getting set up, but if I had, if you'd asked me yesterday. <laughs> okay. So, um, Rich Uncle uh, Pennybags has a suit, he has a cane, he has a top hat, he has all this fancy schmancy attire. I, for one, as well, remember him with a monocle, but apparently that is not the truth. The Monopoly Man does not have a monocle. Since his first appearance in 1936, Mr. Monopoly has never appeared on a Monopoly box or Monopoly board with a monocle. Now... There is one official image of him with a monocle, and that happened in May of 2016 on the official Monopoly Facebook page. That's, That's it. it. That's, That's it? That's it. In 2016. So oh. we're looking at 80 years since uh, since he first popped in here. So, um, And it was like one Facebook post. But other than that, he's never appeared with a monocle. Now... There are many, well, like a bunch of reasons why you can go down the road to figure out why you thought he had a monocle, whatever. I think that there are three reasons for this explanation. One is Mr. Peanut uh, or the guy who's on the planner's peanut packaging. I he think that's also, the most hilarious explanation. I love like the, the way people dig into Mandela effect and be like, I guess it was Mr. Peanut. <laughs> Like, seriously, though, it makes sense because he also has a top hat. He has a cane and it's kind of a similar animation style. And he also has a monocle. So that could be one instance of people kind of crossing wires and misremembering. Uh, another culprit may be Mr. Julius Pringle himself. Uh, that's oh. the guy. On the, he's the guy in the Pringles can who is also believed to have a monocle. And he does also look kind of similar but this is also another case of mistaken identity. He does not have a monocle. That is oh. also another case of the Mandela effect. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny. Of... As you were explaining it, my brain was going through monocle, no monocle, monocle, no, no monocle. Like I, I had to think about it. I think it's the mustache that kind of ties it in right there. Yes, it mm. is the mustache as well. Um, and the third and my personal favorite that I was so pumped to talk about and thought I was being so clever and so smart. So once again, Ryan shits on my hopes and dreams. Um, is a man none other than the name of Jim Carrey. Now, you will see a wonderful movie from our childhood known as Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. It features a very funny scene with a rich, distinguished gentleman who has a monocle. Uh, now, during the scene, 
Ace is waiting at the bottom of the stairs. There's this couple walking down the stairs. And um, Ace Ventura, his whole stick is, you know, he's all about animals. He loves animals. And the, the lady walking down the stairs is wearing a, uh, a, a fur coat or a mink like shawl or something like that. Anyway, um, he makes a snide comment. And uh, the very distinguished gentleman who is credited as skinny husband, according to IMDb, says, and who must you be? And he says, Ace Ventura, pet detective, and you must be the Monopoly guy. Yeah. I think that that one scene in particular holds so much weight and why people believe that Mr. Monopoly or Rich Uncle Money ba- oh, uh, Penny Badge, excuse me. interesting. Yes. I thought you were about to say that line didn't happen. That is really... That's what I'm oh, going that's for. that's so I, interesting. I think it's other media that gets it wrong and then puts it in everybody else's brains right there. Because yeah. I doubt almost anybody that was sitting in the theater at the time, unless they actually worked for Parker Brothers, was just like... Wait a minute, that joke doesn't make sense. The Monopoly guy doesn't wear a monocle. Everybody right. just ran with it. Because once again, our brain makes a lot of assumptions. And also, there's this autopilot where we, as people, cannot know everything from just straight up looking it up and then going detailed into the facts. There are so many things that we take for granted in our daily life when we are told something that we just assume enough, whether it be because it's a person that we consider to be somewhat reputable or we know nothing on the subject. So we just kind of take it for granted and we just run with it. And sometimes it it just goes past our brains. Yeah. Like it's just there. Um, uh, We obviously talk about misinformation a lot. Some of it is not nearly as malicious. I think a lot of these examples are like kind of like benign misinformation, but it's there nonetheless. Like it's a it's a glaring example of how we just kind of assume things and don't realize we're doing it. And it, sometimes it gets so ingrained in our heads that it's just canon no matter what. We don't question it whatsoever. And I think that that's the deal with mass media. And I think it's, once again, this snowball. Um, it's going to come up again in this episode because I'm ready for it. Yeah. You guys get what I'm saying to a certain degree of like no, when yeah, one thing absolutely. ends up being more popular than the original content, that will be the leading narrative afterwards. Because I think a lot more people have seen ace ventura more recently than they have actually paid attention to the actual attire of the monopoly guy so um yeah it's fascinating to me i absolutely love this subject and the idea of i think i I, in 100 percent agreeance with you josh that one little line set the stage for thinking the monopoly guy had a monocle yeah and i'll be honest like when I see a, a Monopoly like board game somewhere, I'll always go, oh, Monopoly, fuck that game, or I hate that game, or whatever, you know, like, I don't pay that much attention to it, but when, I, when I'm scrolling channels on a TV or whatever I may be doing with a screen, and that scene from Ace Ventura comes on, I'm dialed in, like, I am focused, I'm ready to laugh, you know, whatever it is, like, my attention grabs onto that scene, so I, I think that this, this play off of media you know like like this media bongo like just or jigsaw or seesaw or whatever like kind of bouncing off one another like i think that like you said is such a big inspiration for why people believe that in this case that the the monopoly guy did have a monocle greg what you got (laughs) Uh, no, that all makes sense. And I still think the idea, I really like that assertion that the scene from Ace Ventura informs our understanding because that's really consistent with some of the stuff I'm going to talk about as well. This, I, I, I love kind of these cultural moments. I don't know. It's hard to describe it. Right. But just these, these 
share these collective memory, this shared memory concept is like overriding even the original media is kind of crazy. Like the reference being more relevant. Yeah. And you know, I'll be honest, like I have not seen anybody bring this up about Ace Ventura when nature calls. I thought I was like ahead of the curve on this one, but once again, Ryan just destroys my hopes and dreams and my no no my no smart time. it just it, it's just um, <laughs> either great or terrible minds think alike so yeah you know. yeah yeah we'll go with that we'll go with that so all right mo- moving on Greg what you got next topic so my topic is a little known '90s movie called Shazam now have y'all heard of Shazam I've certainly heard of it not not the DC not the DC movie yes not the new the newer DC movie okay I, I've um, certainly heard about it. Yes. What about you, Josh? I have heard of it as well. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit because... (laughs) You know what? I'll just go, yes. I'll let you explain it, then I'll jump in to what I was going to say. So continue. (laughs) Copy that. All right. (laughs) So what what do y'all remember about this movie? Now, I'm genuinely asking, do y'all actually believe there is a movie called Shazam? Yeah, I can't really comment on this because I have never believed Shazam was a thing. Um, okay. However, I know That's some fine. people That's that, fair are, game. that are militant about it. Um, yeah. So, I I remember Shaquille O'Neal being a genie. That's I'll leave it at that. I, that's where I was gonna go with this. Nice. So, um, there's a there's this kind of an interesting one because this is actually considered one of the most famous examples of the Mandela effect, and also it just going way too far. Uh, so, <laughs> um, the. <laughs> So the the fandom wiki actually uh, had a really good write-up about this I started with. It's a really good, concise overview, uh, but there's some really, really fun articles that I'll have linked in the show notes as usual. So basically the claim is that in the 90s, there was a movie called Shazam starring Sinbad. Y'all remember Sinbad? Yes. I, Jingle okay. all the way. I, uh, you know, I remember... Uh, the, uh, what was the one with the my president's son or whatever? Okay, so uh, you're thinking the president's first daughter? kid, and oh, I first always got that yes. confused with blank check. And I'm like, shit, which one's Sinbad in? And I think <laughs> there's he's also in both. my date with the president's daughter. <laughs> yeah, first kid, first kid, and Coneheads. I remember him from Coneheads as well. Oh man, he was in Coneheads. Yes, he was. Anyway, uh, the idea is that this movie came out in the '90s. It's a genie film starring Sinbad, and it's. Y'all, y'all have seen this before. There's multiple movies that come out at the same subject. There was Volcano and Mount and uh, what was it? Uh, St. Helens or whatever like that. Like two Volcano movies back to back. Yeah. And then there was two Asteroid Disaster films, Deep Impact and um, uh, Armageddon. Right. So this is actually very common that a couple of studios, sometimes upwards of three, but usually two. It's always almost always in pairs. Will do a similar movie. Uh, the Prestige so and people, the Magicians, or something like that. Prestige and the uh, uh, the uh, Illusionist. Illusionist. The Illusionist. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Prestige. Both is great films, better, by the way. The Illusionist had a cool. Illusionist had a. I really liked. They steered hard into the Victorian era. Anyway, yeah, they did. I liked it. So, Shazam. The idea is that people say, "Oh, Kazam," starring Shaquille O'Neal, the more famous one, where he comes out of a boombox, uh, is the pairing of Shazam, mm-hmm. right? And some people argue that Shazam was actually the good genie movie and Kazam was the bad one. Hmm. So hmm. this this all seemed to start with a threat. 
This all seemed to start with a Reddit thread in 2012. A bunch of articles reference it where somebody's like, I saw this movie called Shazam. I can't find any evidence of it. Nobody believes me. What's really funny, and it means the conspiracy goes straight to the top, is that uh, I can't find the thread. What? Yeah, nobody links it in the articles. Now, I did find one in 2012 entitled, It's a Conspiracy, I Swear This Movie Exists, Anyone Have a Copy or Know Where I Can Find Proof? Exclamation point. And in the comment section, you see some people go, wait, are you just ripping off the guy from a month ago? So this thread definitely exists, but I can't find it because every Shazam search gets intercepted by more modern stuff. Largely thanks to the Reddit search engine too. <laughs> exactly. The Reddit search engine is awful. It's so bad. It's so the Reddit anyway, search engine is like, instead of like having um like a very well organized toolbox, it's all of the Reddit search algorithm is just the spare parts drawer. It's just a giant spare parts drawer. You might find something relevant if it's at the top of the pile, but like, Jesus Christ. I Believe it or not, it used to be worse. Yeah, I know. It used to be. It was so bad. So the it, it's funny, though, because I can't find the original thread. I see people referencing it. And even like, again, that Reddit thread in 2012 referencing it is like, okay, either this was apocrypha long before or it just I'm just having a hard time finding it. So I'm sure somebody more determined than me can find it. Please do. I, I could have uh, swore I read that thread though. Like I, I remember I vaguely that. remember it too, but we might be having a Mandela effect here. So <laughs> God damn. So let's go over some of the basic plot points and characters that many people seem to agree on. One, it stars with Sinbad as the genie. Two, a lot of people claim it features Mara Wilson, who y'all might remember from Matilda. Matilda yeah. And uh, you know, other stuff, I guess. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the one, the only Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes. Hunk. So a group of children find a genie lamp in their attic and after fighting over it, accidentally summon him. A little girl in the group explicitly wants Shazam to repair her doll that was broken earlier in the film. They're scared of him at first and they think he's a kidnapper. Just this kind of big comedy misunderstandings, you know, kind of like Jumanji or any movie. Someone pops up, kids freak out, right? Stranger danger, ah! And then one of the kids is raised by a single father who lost his wife slash that character's mother prior. There's a big pool party scene where the father's mean boss gets what's coming to him and some for whatever. And afterwards, the father finds love with the help of Shazam or wishes. That wasn't really clear to me, but basically like Shazam is integral to the father of this kid finding happiness and a a new love or whatever. Um, Now, here's the fun part for me. Is everyone kind of, we're all on the same page? We're good? Yeah. Yes, sir. As for Shazam's look, I kind of want to knock out two birds with one stone here. Because in 2017, there was another Reddit post on the Mandela Effect subreddit. So we're getting, we're going deep here, baby. This dude is basically like losing his mind over the fact that he clearly remembers this movie. (laughs) I saw that. But he's also facing the like (laughs) overwhelming evidence that it never existed and accepting it. So the person is like experiencing this awful cognitive dissonance. It's very funny. And here's what he had to say, which includes a common description of Shazam or like Sinbad's character Shazam in the film. And this really illustrates how vivid this stuff can get, right? Y'all were talking about this earlier, this like shared collective memory, these things we kind of, you know, people swear they remember every detail is just dead wrong. So let me let me read this little bit from the comments. 
I remember the movie Shazam so vividly. I remember the ads for the movie. I remember my grandmother taking me to go see it. I remember the VHS box. The box was yellow and purple. Sinbad was dressed as a typical genie and had his arms crossed, not stacked like Shaq. He was wearing gold puffy pants with gold puffy shoes and a pink or purple vest. He had a large looping earring and a gold puffy hat with a feather and some jewels. His body was coming out of a spinning tornado that originated from a genie lamp. The cover said Sinbad bigger than it said Shazam. Shazam was shaped like typical 90s graffiti art. (laughs) So that description he has of the outfit is very common in a lot of what you'll read. So I just thought it was funny to kind of give a little bit of both there. Hmm. I I kind of I remember the graffiti style as well. Like I want to say, but I think that's Kazam did that. Yeah, I was gonna say, but I, I'm pretty sure Kazam did that. Which, by the way, so, I just looked up Kazam on IMDb. It's got a 3.0 rating. It's not great, but it's not that bad. Yeah, apparently I found that out too. Apparently, it was pretty panned. So there are a couple of proposed explanations for why people have this shared fever dream at Simbel <laughs> that Sinbad himself has actually denied existing. So let's be really clear. He has made a unequivocal statement that this movie does not exist. He has never starred in a genie movie. And I think the quote was on his tweet. It was like, the young mind is, is amazing. You know, basically like people are crazy. And <laughs> in his tweets are like basically flabbergasted that people will not let this go. And he's like, yeah, this movie never existed. I've never starred in a genie film. It's ridiculous. So there's a couple of theories as to why this kind of persists, right? What I found was Kazam, you know, the 1996 movie starring Shaquille O'Neal. People get their wires crossed. We've obviously covered that. Um, Another one is conspiracies involving... Now, we don't get your multiple world theory, Ryan, but conspiracies involving the destruction of all copies due to a legal dispute, either with Kazam the movie, like that that, uh, production, or with DC over Shazam the superhero. So you have to wipe any existence from people's (laughs) memories? I know, right? (laughs) Um, another one is the movie was so bad that Sinbad and the cast just refused to acknowledge its existence. <laughs> just gaslighting everybody. <laughs> and then, I like that. Theory. Um, one of the more interesting kind of like odd theories, but it's, it's not entirely implausible is people maybe crossing their wires with Sinbad, the sailor. Uh, which was, there's an old oh. movie, there's also an old cartoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the character is kind of dressed like that. He wore purple and all that. So there's there's a little bit, I like vaguely remember Sinbad as like a movie or a TV show, like an animated thing. I, I like, I, I saw it mentioned and I didn't quite get it. And I looked up images and I went, oh, you know, that looks vaguely familiar. You know, that's so anyway, a possibility. that's another theory. That's a possibility. But like, I don't, just the same way with like the Berenstain tape, like even if it was real, I think it's something that I don't think everybody was sick on the same day and turned on like, uh, some you know uh midday television uh network and then saw the Sinbad old tv show because it's just you got to be reminded of that it's not that far into your brain you know uh it's i don't know now to to close out i have a surprise for y'all okay they found a missing clip what (laughs) what what you mean Oh no! Check the chat. Oh, check the are chat. you fu- the fucking college humor? <laughs> oh god damn it! God damn you, Jake and Amir. Got him. Got him. So college humor with Sinbad. This thing has become so big and so known that they actually did a sketch where they did like a fake VHS like 
copy and they it's like a two and a half minute short of a Junie movie starting Shazam and it is or starring Sinbad rather and it's it's funny it's like you know, college humor is a little passe fine but I I did appreciate that this myth had become so big and Sinbad was had like enough humor about it that he actually participated in a funny kind of little sketch making fun of the whole theory in it and what's fun is the video incorporates a bunch of the theories I'm talking about uh-huh. so it's actually a very informed little sketch like there's the the they the referencing the fa- the mother who died in it I care. Y'all should just watch it. The point is it references a bunch of the theories. It's really funny. So I got a couple of things to like mention on that, if that's okay. Please. Um, uh, I want to mention this earlier when we were talking about the meta of the Mandela effect, but it's the idea once again, that your brain kind of like um, makes the most sense of things uh, in the absence of complete information. And uh, here was a good thing that I saw in an article that said uh, it had started with this sentence. They were in awe of the magnificent view. Now, both of you and myself have an image in our head of what we just saw when I read that. Okay. Absent of any sort of actual physical description, aside from the fact that it was a mountain and they reached the summit. And then the article continues, after reading this brief string of words, you probably have a distinct image in your mind, one rich with details, even though they are not specified in the sentence. The bright blue sky, the glistening snow-capped peaks, the crampons, the snow goggles, the picture emerges because of our brains. With lightning speed, make sense of words and sentences based on our previous experiences. Um, The first thing is that you could be a giant Lord of the Rings fan and you could have assumed they got to the top of Mount Doom. There is nothing that says you have to be in the Swiss Alps or on the Rockies or anything like that. There doesn't have to be snow there. Mountains exist in the tropics. They exist in Hawaii. It could be that. But most people go to like this um, uh, cultural-centric idea that we have all kind of um, subconsciously agreed on. And I think that kind of factors into the idea of Shazam. I think it's taken a lot of elements from the 90s and what our cultural understanding, at least as Americans, were. Because, I mean, Mandela Effect may be very different in other areas. Um, I think for the land yap, I'm going to talk about a Japanese Mandela Effect. Um, but Ooh, interesting. Yes. Um, it's a lot of things that we come to this agreement on. And I think just like with those beats of like Mara Wilson, uh, Mara Wilson and then um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, just switching Shaq and Sinbad, I think the reason why people jump to Sinbad is because, number one, they confused Shaq. Somebody confused Shaq for Sinbad, and it kind of spread like wildfire. With that Reddit thread, I have no idea. But I think it was a common agreement of just like a understood misunderstanding that people just kind of wanted to like latch on to. Well, um, well so that's wait, what I think though. psychologically. Wait, so let me back up a little bit, though, because I'm going to push back against the fact of confusing Sinbad and Shaq because nobody thinks that Sinbad is putting on a Lakers jersey and yamming yeah, it on so people. Yeah, that's so confused. I know, I know. It's really weird. <laughs> There's something there that nobody has really identified as why everybody specifically thinks Sinbad. Um, it's just, it's very confusing. Um, and I have not come to the conclusion of it. Like, it's one thing, to, well, it's one thing to confuse like, you know, you could be like, hey, wasn't Jake Gyllenhaal in that Spider-Man movie? You're like, no, that's Tobey Maguire. Like, ah, shit, okay. And then they're in Brothers, and you're like, oh, okay, so, like, this really checks out. I can see why people confuse them, but I don't know. I don't really think that Shaq and Sinbad look all that similar. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're not exactly um, easily interchangeable, but, like, Sinbad yeah. is 6'4". Yeah, it's really weird. I didn't realize he was but, that tall. The last thing I like to say about it is that I will go into massive amounts of debt in order to be an executive producer and then hire Sinbad 
and a couple of directors, maybe Gore Verbinski. He was a uh, pretty um, <laughs> Pirates famous, of the Caribbean, or, or him or uh, Christopher Columbus. Not that one, the Home Alone guy. Um, uh, to I was going to say Harry make, Potter to make the movie known as Shazam Two and not ever make reference of Shazam One. Oh my God, that'd be great. <laughs> that would drive everybody so fucking nuts. So. Oh God! And like all the for Dennis Villeneuve. Well, all all the pre press would be just be like, oh yeah, you know, based off the first movie, or you know, where where we were picking up where the first movie ended, or anything like that. And like have like Mara Wilson and Jonathan Taylor Thomas, like I remember years ago the first time we encountered you. (laughs) Everybody's losing their mind. All right, um, who's up next? Uh, I will. I'll go. Why not? Um, I will be talking about next. Uh, Curious George, and specifically, Curious George's Tale. So I, as a young lad, remember Curious George very fondly. I I remember reading these books, but uh, never really... I hated that mischievous monkey. Uh, He's a bastard, bro, I tell you what. Uh, I remember reading the books, but never really gave much much thought to his appearance, right? I just assumed he had a tail like all monkeys do. But uh, this is obviously not the case. But I'm not alone in my belief, as we all have found out today. There are a lot of people who have been wrong together collectively. Wouldn't be the first time. So most monkeys have tails. And the curious little monkey was found by a man in a yellow hat in Africa. Now, the origins of Curious George were born in like 1939. He was a secondary character named Fifi in the story Cecily G and the Nine Monkeys by Margaret and H.A. Ray. So in the original story, Cecily the giraffe and the monkeys live in a jungle and are trying to escape poachers. Presumably, the story takes place like in the jungles of Brazil. It was It's kind of a downer, <laughs> the way it started. And like the history <laughs> behind uh, Margaret and H.A. Ray, like there's a whole different discussion about them and their origins, but that's not in a bad way. It has to do with Nazis and escaping them and, and things like that, but that's not why we're here. We're going to not go down that road today. We're talking about the Mandela effect. But in 1941, the Rays were encouraged to create a book with Fifi as the protagonist, and the primate was renamed Curious George, who lives in a jungle in Africa. And he is caught when a man puts down his big yellow hat, and George comes down from a tree to look at it, and the man with the yellow hat takes George on a ship and drops him off at the zoo. And then later on in the books, because I I didn't realize this, that originally he took him to the zoo... He's just like he goes to zoo and found this monkey in Africa. You want it? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a monkey. Disgusting. Go, <laughs> go and go be locked up straight to jail. Uh, but in later books, George escapes from the zoo and eventually lives with the man in the yellow hat and then having all kinds of adventures. That's so Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, at the time, Curious George was created, the term monkey was common in general to to use to describe like any number of primates. Uh, but in order to like say that George is a monkey in today's like scientific world, he would have to be what is known as a Barbary Mac Macay. I believe I'm saying that. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, it's a macaque. A, m- macaque. Uh, that might be it. Macaque. I actually that might be it. Macaque. Huh. Huh. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a macaque though. No, it is now. It is now. I don't okay. know. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it is now. Barbary macaque. All right, sorry, Josh. Keep 
keep talking about macaques. Okay, no problem. Uh, this it. species does not look particularly like the way George is illustrated, and it also tends to live in like the mountainous regions of like northern Africa, so not really the jungles. And given the details of the original Curious George book, um, him living in trees in Africa and like his lack of a tail and his coloring and his depiction. Uh, oh, and his opposable big toes. I forgot about that. And um, and just like the way he is presented and like his personality, he's probably more likely to be a chimpanzee or an ape. So that's why he doesn't have a tail. Um, unfortunately, the rays uh, passed away a long time ago, so we couldn't really get any clarification as to why Curious George does not have a tail. But I think the simple answer is that, um, one, he's since he's never had a tail, we're all just misremembering because we all assume that monkeys have tails, which is pretty much correct. But the actual, I think, unsexy answer is that he's not a monkey. He's an yeah. ape or a chimpanzee. Yeah, I think chimpanzee is like the most reasonable explanation for that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not as sexy or as fun as uh, the Monopoly guy, but I remember, I thought I remembered him having a tail, but like when I when I went back and looked at a bunch of these books, the Curious George books, it's kind of hard to see like him with his tail sticking out. There's like, there's the famous one of like him holding hands with two firemen and like his backside is pretty much cut off because he's walking in between two firemen so it's it's kind of hard to see if there's a tail or not um but i i mean did y'all remember him with the tail i, I meant to ask that earlier i'm sorry but do y'all remember him with the tail or no so i've always seen monkeys as having tails so i just assume he had one um so like yeah i i thought he had a tail up until recently greg um i would have said he has a tail yeah I think that just I think it has more to do with the idea in our like our mind's eye than when we picture things that monkeys have tails. Hey, it's a monkey. So, you know, it, it's once again filling in with the common um, assumption of like monkeys have tails. Curious George is the curious little monkey. He has a tail. You know, it, it's a <sighs> it's a pretty valid argument right there. Yeah, I, I wonder how much of of just life in general, like, because this is this episode's got me thinking of like things that we just assume because of our mind's eye to be like there or true, but is not. But then like it brings me to and this is kind of on a tangent, but just hear me out. Like when you're driving, right? And like we've all done it. You're driving, you know, from point A to point B and all of a sudden, you know, you've got the, you know, this podcast on obviously and uh you're enjoying yourself you're in the zone and then like 20 minutes goes by and you're at your destination you're like huh i don't remember how i got here i hope i didn't run any red lights uh -huh. you know <laughs> so yeah, i think podcasts can be a problem sometimes because our brain <laughs> likes to prioritize what's most important and sometimes driving isn't most important when you're listening to something that you consider interesting <laughs> and that's a problem you know <laughs> so like I don't know, like, I wonder how much of, like, our mind, like, in the, and the reason I say this is, like, how much of our mind's eye fills in those gaps, like, in those moments when we're, I guess, checked out and we're driving, you know, kind of thing. I know it's not a great example because, you know, you should be paying attention, at, you know, at everything when you're driving. But, you know, it, I, I think that kind of falls along the same spectrum, if I'm making any sense. Yeah, there's a famous video of, I think it's a bunch of people dancing or um, doing some sort of activity. And in the middle of the frame, somebody in a gorilla suit walks by. And most people don't notice it when it first happens. You yeah. have to be um, made alert to the fact that somebody in a gorilla suit walks by. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that. Your brain is very selective of what it pays attention to at any given moment. 
Um, I mean, obviously there's conditions that can change that way it works, but you know, yeah. For all intents and purposes. Yeah. I, I, I know a video you're talking about as well. Um, or it's even like you watch these, these, uh, these videos or these gifs, gifs, whatever the hell you want to call them. And you know, you watch something and then you read a comment and it says, you know, watch the person wearing a purple shirt. And then, or somebody says like, watch somebody different every time to see what it is. And, uh, I, you know, and I kind of have a theory about this. And again, this is kind of on a tangent. This is why people enjoyed the Harlem Shake like so much is because you'd have all these videos, of all these people doing all these crazy things. And like every time you'd find something new to enjoy. So I don't know. Just it's like I think that all kind of is encapsulating of what we're talking about here. Harlem Shake. Who would have thought the Harlem Shake and the Mandela effect go hand in hand. <laughs> nice <laughs> uh greg you uh you want to bring us your last topic so my last one is pretty simple uh because it's actually pretty easy to verify although like most things there's always conspiracies anyway so <laughs> y'all of course remember the movie risky business right starring tom cruise yes sure okay so there is an iconic scene in it where he is home alone and he cranks up music I believe, what's he listening to? He's listening to, um... Just take those old records off the shelf. Old-time rock yeah, and Yeah, old-time rock and roll. Thank you. Um, so he's he starts blasting old-time rock and roll. There's a shot of the stairwell from the living room, and he comes sliding in. Now, I'm going to start with Josh. Sure. What is he wearing? Uh, he's wearing, like, socks, um, tidy whities and, like, uh, open like button like a, a white shirt uh and sunglasses okay uh ryan how do you remember it uh that's a pretty accurate description from memory okay uh first off uh yeah the shirt oh, wait. is not he has oh. like a he has like a brush as a microphone yes 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 okay. yes 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 so first off the shirt is pink not white oh shit okay yeah it is like hot pink. Okay. Uh, it is, or eh, it's more of like a pastel. But anyway, it's pink. It is very clearly pink. You would never mistake it for white. Uh, I'm colorblind. He's not wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Wait, what? He's not wearing sunglasses. You can watch the clip. Uh, so. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is a great example of, again, of what we were talking about earlier, where popular culture takes over the reality and so oh. commonly in costumes even in references no matter the movie or show people always reference it by having the person in sunglasses and a white button down but it's a pink button down and he's not wearing sunglasses the it's oh hard to pin God. down the first reference to it it's such an iconic scene it's been referenced probably thousands of times in sitcoms animation oh my god yes the callbacks SNL, to it are insane. you name it it's everywhere yeah yeah it's, it's one of the most referenced i mean it's, it's a iconic moment in film history and yeah everyone does it wrong and so because it's always portrayed with sunglasses and a white shirt people remember it that way i think i have an idea why i think okay so i think the white shirt has something to do with the lighting um in the scene um nah man you watch it it's clear as day that's pink huh okay maybe i'm just stupid but the sunglasses oh i i i thought that too that's what i was saying earlier like it's a pretty like it's pink like it's concretely pink huh and I think now that I think oh, I think I know you're going with the second one, but I want to hear it. The sunglasses <laughs> has to do with like the movie poster itself. And he wears sunglasses throughout the whole goddamn yes. film. Yep. Yes. Well, all right. So my wrap up will be rather quick, but this one has driven me nuts and I have no explanation for it. I have gone to so many lengths to try to figure out why this exists. 
Um, are you guys aware of what my last topic is? I have no idea what your last topic is. Negative. Okay. I have tested this on other people, and it's pretty much been the exact same thing. Okay. When I say the word cornucopia, you all know what a cornucopia is, right? You don't have to describe it to me. Yes. I think of Thanksgiving. Indeed. You, you think? Okay. Now, think of the most iconic use of a cornucopia, whether that be like on TV and a brand maybe of some sort. Oh, Fruit of the Loom. Okay. I have talked to several people about this. And even myself, there has never, ever, ever been a cornucopia on the Fruit of the Loom logo. It's just the fruit. It's the basket in the back. I will send you a message real quick to show you what I'm talking about. Ah, that's interesting. Well, now I'm second guessing Uh, myself because like now I can picture the logo in my head, but I can picture it with the cornucopia and now without a cornucopia. That's funny. I'm looking at it. Oh my God. Yeah. I kind of remember there being a basket, but I, I don't know. I wasn't getting a strong recall of the fruit of the loom. So mine, mine's all jumbled as it is. <laughs> so I have never seen a group of people online be so adamant about there being that little cone shaped basket behind the fruit in the fruit of the loom logo. It just, it's, it's insane. I could swear by it. No. I had people fighting me last night when I was doing my research and Wait. I said, Fruit of Loom never had a cornucopia. And people were getting at me like crazy to try to figure out how that's how that can possibly be. Wait, I thought it had but bananas it never, in it. That's even more weird. I don't know why people think that either. Because I heard the banana thing too. Okay. Nope, it's just some grapes and an apple. But like, no, it's never, never had a cornucopia. So in there it. is no cornucopia um, in it. There is no cornucopia. Okay. I do, I've looked up other reasons why potentially it would be in there or not. Um, there is like the uh, glass jar of like, I think it's called Golden Harvest Canning Jars that has a cornucopia in it with some fruit or whatever in it. But at the same rate, that's a transparent glass. Most people don't even notice that. But I will tell you, I have always seen this cornucopia in my head in the Fruit of the Loom logo, and I'm not quite sure why. That's something that I'm sorry. I don't have much more on this topic, but in terms of Mandela Effect, Fruit of a Loom has never had that little basket behind it. Um, I could swore that the basket I can give or take, but the bananas are freaking me the fuck out. That's weirder to me that you think that you're worried about the bananas. I've never like really pictured <laughs> bananas in my head. <laughs> oh, but on. I wanted to cover that. But swinging back to the very top, once again, there's a whole bunch of stuff where there isn't an explanation of why everybody thinks about this. And particularly the original Mandela effect with Nelson Mandela where people were saying that they could swear they saw Nelson Mandela uh, had died on the news and they saw like a um, funeral procession and a march and like a giant, you know, march with a lot of people there and everything, even maybe his widow doing a speech. I would like to address the actual Mandela effect. Do you guys have any thoughts on like how that could happen? Why everybody would think that? Um, Hold on. I'm backing up here because... I'm trying to think of other. I'm trying to think of other brands. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, <laughs> you're still stuck on Fruit of the Loom. Yeah, I'm fucking. This is this is doing my head in here. So sorry. Appar- yeah, I'm like I'm like I'm here going. So sorry, apparently sorry. they like they went so far. Like I'm reading this on our Mandela effect. So like again, this is not sourced whatsoever. But uh, apparently there was like we've actually talked about this. I know Ryan. We have privately. I'm not that there's a reason it can't be talked about publicly, but how uh, boat captains think that uh, bananas are bad luck. And 
boat captains went so far as to cut the tag out of their Fruit of the Loom underwear because it had a banana in it. Okay, so there might have been a banana in there. Well, actually, that might not be true because I do have in my documents um, all the history of Fruit of the Loom logos. Once again, I am going to post it in our chat. Um, there, there, but there is, on. there's never been an instance of a banana being in the Fruit of the Loom logo. Yep, apparently not. So why are why then why would boat captains do this? Because they probably didn't. Huh. Top comment. Still wondering where the cornucopia went myself. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, Reddit. We did. <laughs> God damn it. That is going to be the title of this one. Oh, we my God. It, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Back to your question. What was it? I'm sorry. Why do you think that everybody would have thought Nelson Mandela had died in prison in the 1980s? Okay. So on a, like all nonsense and bullshittery aside... I genuinely believe a good reason for it might be is that there might have been some whispers, maybe not anything actually written down, but maybe the government wanted people to believe that Nelson Mandela died. They had him in prison for a reason. They clearly didn't want him to be a public image. So the easiest way to get rid of a public image is to kill someone or make you think that they're dead and irrelevant. I mean, not everybody's Betty White and will live on forever. Greg? Tabloid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. The thing is, like, people were so specifically talking about seeing news reports and everything. And uh, what was more interesting to me is not, like, the whole parallel universe or any of that bullshit. It's more of just, like, what is the common thread that started that that, like, kind of spread the wildfire? The the best example, I think, for us in this episode so far is you must be the Monopoly guy. I think that is spot on um, for why people think he has a monocle. I couldn't find sure. anything for Nelson Mandela. However, I did consider this. How many South Africans do you think think Nelson Mandela died in the 1980s considering the fact that he was president in 1994? It's just, this is also a very like cultural thing of the Mandela effect that happens where it is. And for America, it's specifically Nelson Mandela. And I think it's because, similar to myself, um, a lot of people around here don't know the details of apartheid uh, times uh, South Africa and the anti-apartheid movement. I did find something right before we recorded, though, that's very interesting. Um, There was another, not Nelson Mandela, uh, civil rights activist and uh, anti-apartheid activist named Steve Biko, or Biko. I'm sorry, I have never heard his name spoken out loud. And he was a um, pretty prominent activist at the time. And he was eventually uh, arrested and exiled over to um, one specific town in South Africa. He kept doing his um, protests and then was eventually thrown in prison and eventually died in prison due to uh, pretty much being beaten to death by the guards. It's a really sad story. Um, He never really got the justice he deserved considering what happened. However... I found an old AP News archive video on YouTube. Uh, we did this similarly for the mass panic stuff uh, with the uh, Coca-Cola scare in Belgium. But AP News once again came to the rescue. I found almost beat for beat a quick news clip of Steve Biko's funeral. And the procession involves a whole bunch of people carrying a coffin. Um, also, it does have an open casket. So if you click on the link in the show notes, just letting you know you're going to see a cadaver but also they had the procession going through the streets and hundreds upon hundreds of people in the streets mourning 
and chanting and seeing and mourning him. He died in 1989. So this fits within that huh. area. Okay. I couldn't, I could not find anything specifically um, in terms of the actual news report of like from a, like a local news station, which would be hard to find, but just assuming um, that Fiona Broom was maybe just watching the news in the background and saw something about South Africa, a civil rights activist had died and seeing this giant March Nelson Mandela was still the most popular at that time to at least Americans. So that may have been that little thing where she just didn't really pay attention to the name and assumed it was Nelson Mandela. And then other people kind of went along with that, where she kind of started her own Mandela effect, where other people were like, yeah, I come to think of it, that might have been the situation because I didn't keep up with South African politics. I'm. That's my guess. I don't have any rock-solid proof, but... You can watch the video for yourself. I think it might be connected to Steve Biko's death. That no, that tracks for me and a lot like you said, I think a lot of it has to do with like your region and where you're at because I mean, I can't really name much about South I can't tell much about South Africa other than they have Vuvuzelas. <laughs> Like, God. that's that's like my limited knowledge of it. <laughs> so that's totally I, I, that tracks with me. And, you know, also just in general, and I'm not trying to make this into something much bigger than what it is. So please don't take it that way. But I think it should be said. How often do you have major events that occur wherever in the world and at any given time? And that there's people that are like, no, that didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I mean, seriously, I mean, I'm not trying to make this into like a conspiracy thing, but it's true. Like there are there is tangible evidence for like some really terrible things or some really awesome things that have happened. And people are like, no, that's not true. And that's what there I, is no war in bossing say like. But the one thing that you can't say about like something like this, and I always find this interesting is sports is because we keep such heavy analytics and data on the ongoings and things that have happened. Like nobody's going to debate whether or not Dan Marino won a Super Bowl because he didn't. There's there's like historical evidence that has been tracked and like that shows that, oh, no, the Miami Dolphins, they won a Super Bowl. They had a perfect, you know, season. But Dan Marino was not quarterback on the team. It was Bob Greasy. So laces out. Yeah. <laughs> Finkel and Einhorn. I don't Finkel. It all comes back full yeah. circle. <laughs> Let, let's not talk about Ace Ventura. <laughs> there's a lot of problems with that looking back at it. But no, like. There, like that's one thing that I guess is, I find really interesting is, no matter what happens, you know, there's always going to be naysayers or haters, I guess you could say, uh, that are just going to go against the grain just to go against the grain, or people that just doesn't believe it's true. But in this specific instance, I will say that I think maybe that is the most likely answer. Then about um, Fiona Broom is she was doing something and then heard something a newscast about a significant person dying in South Africa and, and her mind went oh shit it's Nelson Mandela so yeah that's uh the best we got right now yeah um y'all this has been a super fun episode uh it's it, it turned out so much more interesting than I could have possibly expected yeah I knew it was going to be fun but this was great um I think the lanyap is going to be just as fun uh Greg with that being said do you want to give our plugs I can yeah, I was trying to do a nice knuckle crack into the mic and I failed <laughs> wait there you go. So check us out, rumorfliespodcast.com. We are rumorflies on pretty much all major podcast outlets. If we are not on your provider of choice, please let us know. 
Check out the Educated Mess Network, educatedmessnetwork.com. We have a wonderful, wonderful friends, Leah and Jordan over at The Side Characters, an amazing, amazing podcast about diversity and nerd culture. They have such great commentary. I always look forward to new episodes. Uh, what else? We're on all major social media. Uh, Ryan loves to shit post on Twitter, so make sure to hit him up. Now, I have I have toned down on that. Okay? I will say he has. He has. It's a new year, new you. Huh? I wouldn't so. go that far. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just, you know, you know what hit us up. And everyone who's still attached to the Patreon, thank you all so much. We have not been charging for it due to the heavy delays and just all the little stuff. So as we kind of get everything sorted, uh, they, we will continue to not do that. Although for those of you who are interested in the Patreon, we have switched it to pay what you want. And we do still release some content on it. So please subscribe and check it out and we will warn everybody before we resume payments on that. I kind of did that backwards, right? I'm like, oh, hey, sorry, we haven't released anything on Patreon. By the way, subscribe to Patreon, (laughs) but I'm going to keep it anyway. (laughs) We do actually still release Lanyap content and bonus episodes. We just haven't been hitting all the marks we'd like to. So until we really get that that really churning out steadily again, we will not be charging people. So sign up for it and just enjoy the occasional free stuff. You also get access to all the stuff we published on it. We've been on it for like four years. There's all kinds of like crazy blog stuff, tons of bonus episodes, dozens and dozens of lanyaps. So check it out. All right. Um, So I guess uh, with that being said, um, thank you for listening to this episode of Rumor Flies. I am Ryan, maybe Brian. <laughs> I'm I'm just Josh, and there's no debating it. And I am still, in fact, Greg. Survey says, still Greg. Goodbye. Still Greg. Bye.